Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. What up, everybody? Welcome into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you, and we officially have a national champion as the season comes to an end. Michigan absolutely took it to Washington, 34-13. to um, it, It's crazy when you look at this game, dude, because prior to the season, I, I think I had Michigan and Texas in the natty, Michigan winning. I know going into this game, you took Michigan, and for whatever reason, I don't know if why but i really like fell in love with washington you know as as oh i did too dude. like they they were more fun to watch yes. they like they played more exciting football it was just they didn't play better football correct yeah and you know and, and when you look at this game man there were there were so many factors that came into it and i think you really got to start with the playmakers and throughout the course of the year we've seen or really over the past few weeks, we've seen Washington step up immensely. The, the receiving core has been ridiculous. Nobody's been able to hold them down. And I thought that was going to be something they could take advantage of going into this game, man. But you get into it, and it was pretty evident from the jump. Michigan's playmakers were going to make the plays, and Washington's were just not ready for that moment. I didn't even necessarily see it as like, oh, man, Michigan players stepped up and made plays. I was just like, so Michigan was Michigan. Yeah. And Washington's players just, like, did not step up like they had been. Uh, and frankly, I think everyone kind of knew that they needed to. They needed to keep that hot streak going to win that game, to be more competitive than they were in that game. And Michigan just punched him in the mouth right out the gate, and there wasn't really a great answer. Like, frankly, I think if Michigan had executed better, not even, like, made big, like, made more spectacular plays, just executed a bit better. They could have run away with it by halftime. Oh, yeah. Like, I think Washington was very lucky to be as close as they were at half. No, I mean, when you look at the way that game started out, dude, when Michigan jumped up 14 nothing, I thought it was great to see Donovan Edwards kind of be the one that set the tone because all eyes going into that were going to be Chloram, Blake Chloram, and rightfully so. But, I mean, Donovan Edwards has been a crucial part of that rushing attack all year long, so it was cool to see him jump out uh, and, and kind of be the catalyst that was going to set it up 14 to nothing there. But, man, I just – watching that game, I thought that Washington would be able to come out and I thought their offense would be – set them up in a position where if they got, like, 10 points ahead, it was going to be difficult for Michigan to go back in. And, man, like, all of a sudden, Michigan just flipped that narrative and it was them that case. Uh, I just – I was really impressed with them dominating the trenches. Um, coming into this game, I thought – I honestly, going back to the Washington-Texas game, I thought Texas' defensive line would be able to disrupt Penix the way that Michigan's was. And maybe it's just me being naive or not paying that much attention to Michigan down the stretch, but, like, they were freaking so much better. And they didn't even – they could rush, like, three and just drop in coverage. Their dominance really surprised me of, of the point of attack from the defensive standpoint. Yeah, I – Part of that, I think, is just having to deal with the challenge of playing two great defensive lines yeah. two weeks in a row. Uh, and they, they, I'm, 
I don't know this, but I'm just going to say it. I believe they probably had very different schemes and or Michigan was able to adapt based on what Texas encountered, mm. uh, the way Washington handled Texas uh, to be able to to just wreak some havoc. But also, I think it was more important that Texas didn't jump out to the lead that, that Michigan did. True. Like, all of a sudden, you're saying, well, you got the Heisman quarterback and you're down 14 points. What are you really going to do? Right. So... Like, I, I do think Michigan did a great job of pushing Washington closer to one-dimensional territory so they could pin their ears back and really get after it. Um, because I don't want to sit here and say the Texas D-line isn't isn't deep and talented. Oh, no, they very and like, well are, yeah. Like, so, I mean, I'm going to say the same thing about the Michigan D-line. It's just like, I, I do think that it was the situations of the game that that kind of handicapped Washington's O-line mm. in that battle. Um, now, their D-line, their D-line is where I think they really lost the game. Oh, I, definitely. I, I really think that they got bullied by Michigan's offensive front, and they got bullied early. Like, they they were not ready for that fight. I, and that's something, like, I think it's, it's interesting to note out because if you look at this year, Michigan's offensive line, and rightfully so, earned and won the Joe Moore Award. But, Mich- I mean, uh, Washington's. But Michigan has won that the prior two years. And, and so to going into that, you got to think those dudes had a chip on their shoulder. And listening to their defense, some of their defensive lines af- uh, linemen after the game talking about it, like, we weren't worried about that offensive line. We played the best offensive line. And so that was an element that I kind of didn't take into account either. But – Looking at this game, like we knew coming into it, Washington's success was going to be solely and unjustly so on Pennix's shoulders, right? Like you knew it was going to be the case. He's going to have to have a good game for them to win, especially with Johnson coming into the game injured and being their only source of rushing. Well, I mean, like, yes, absolutely yes. I think it's a little naive of, like, people out there, the opinion makers out there going into the game of, so this team – centers their offense around their quarterback. Mm. Of course he has to have yes. a good game for you to win the national yes. title. Like don't, don't put that on him. Like it's something that's not usually on him right now. Did he have to have a great game? Did he have to have an elite game to win? I think, yes, yeah. I don't necessarily say a Heisman performance, but he had to go out there and he, I think he would have had to match his performance against Texas, not necessarily in the stats and mm. numbers, but just like in the effectiveness right. of like, he is hitting guys Constantly, like completion percentage is what I'm talking about. If you have to have a number there, completion percentage and TDs is what I was worried about, not yards and not total total completions or anything. So that that's what I'm getting at. So where I kind of want to get going with this is if you look at Michigan and how they won this game, and really all year long, right? Like JJ McCarthy is good, but he's not ever been asked to really win games with his arms, And, and you know, and and that largely because they jump out on people, right? Their rushing attack is so dominant. But looking at this game, I kind of took watch, came away saying J.J. McCarthy is a damn good game manager. There were, there were a couple of times, like his throwing was inaccurate at times. The only true big plays he had was that third down where he ran the ball. And, and picked up the first and kept the drive alive. He did another big play after that. But what do you make of his play, his performance? Um, and am I wrong in saying he's a good game manager? He's or, a game manager. Yeah. Full stop. Okay. Not a good game manager. He's a game manager. I think he's a mistake of a high draft pick. I think oh, that I'll is, agree with that. I'm talking about, I think he's a mistake of a second round draft pick. Do not pick him before the third no. round. That's what I'm trying. Like, I know Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant right, in the right. draft and, and look at what he's become. But 
holy crap. I'm 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 sitting here uh looking at uh his numbers from the championship game, McCarthy's 10 for 18, 140. I mean, that's that's a literally what Jalen Milrow put up against Michigan, and he was getting shit on the whole next week. Exactly. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying. And what were we saying about Milrow all year? He is one of Bama's worst quarterbacks in recent history. He is. So I like I, I don't I don't understand why people are like going out of their way to praise McCarthy. He's a quarterback that won a national champion in a sport that doesn't need amazing quarterbacks. Okay, that that uh, thank you for saying that because that's where I wanted to get at. Because if you look at the past couple of years, right, like we've seen, like amazing quarterbacks are fun. Amazing quarterbacks uh, do so much for the sport. But shoot, man, you do not need them to win championships. And that's why I want. Like, so are we at a point now? Because if you look a couple of years back, like it was elite quarterbacks leading teams to national championships, and I think that. Georgia has found a way. Michigan, they've kind of cornered the market where you need a good quarterback, but we're to a point now where you don't need an elite quarterback to carry you all the way. I think teams have finally figured that out in this new landscape of college football. Yeah, honestly. I mean, you need a solid game manager. Right. Like a guy who's (laughs) – you need your game manager to manage the game. By manage the game, I mean not get up. Yeah, get the the ball to your playmakers. Hey, J.J. McCarthy was great and not fucking it up. Yes. Like – that, 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 that's what it was. Like every now and then, you'll need him to make a, a somewhat athletic play. He needs to make good reads. He needs to not fumble on handoffs. Yeah. But like, yeah. does that sound like I'm asking for anything out of the ordinary? No. Like, Just shoot, be the, athletic, the athletic play sounds like the biggest ask there. And even then, that might not be 100% necessary. If your defense is good, your offensive line's good. Right. Like, shoot. So, okay, so at the, so right now, going into this, this is going to be a Big Ten game going forward. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but wait, wait, wait. I, before, before we get off the topic of the quarterbacks, like, yeah, just kind of want to put my final word out there on both of them. Obviously, okay. I've, I've been very clear about McCarthy. Still, congrats to him, and I love what that means for the sport. I love that arguably, no, definitively the worst quarterback in the college football playoff this year won it definitively the worst quarterback in the playoff won the, won okay. the playoff. Yes, yes. I had, to, I had to think for a second. And yes. then think about Florida State. Yeah. That I, it, mean, I just want I just want to connect those two dots. I'm not saying that Florida State would have even close to been winning in. a game in this playoff. I just want those dots connected. Yes. That a team that got penalized for their star quarterback being injured was kept out while the worst quarterback in the playoff won the playoff. With a stat line? Yes, absolutely. I totally And that Florida State you. defense was carrying oh them. Like they, they showed they could carry that it's team through the last attack? two games. Yes. So I, I want those dots connected. And then as far as Penix goes, a guy who really, really had like a Heisman moment kind of game in the, in the semifinal against yeah. Texas. I wonder what his NFL future is going gonna, is gonna to be. But it was very... Very cool to see him go off in that semifinal, and I hope people don't hold the the championship game too much against him. Like, oh, man, legacy-building championship games. Like, dude's a great college quarterback. Sometimes it just don't work. No, I mean, there's nothing you could take away. To me, there's nothing you could hold over Penix's head from that performance. I mean, his he did the best he could with his offensive line just getting demolished. Um, was it a bad night? Yes. Has he had a few of those over this season and throughout his career? Yes. I really hated it for him that we go into, he had such an amazing season and 
we, we talked really kind of leading up to it. You kept going back to his story at Indiana and that journey and the injuries and just to watch how that kind of unfolded to see him. Just, you could tell he was beat to shit, man. Like that sucked. I hate that for him. Um, Wasn't there a picture of him with like two knee braces on like and he's on crutches? I believe, I be- yeah, when he was at Indiana. Yeah. Just, so that that's like, oh, buddy. See, that that's my thing is though it sucks because – the, the how everything kind of tied together with your your final game you're going off injured as you're going into the draft I hope like I would be hesitant to draft him just because of injuries and and being able to sustain that through the NFL now as far as what he could do especially his accuracy with the ball hell yeah I would draft him off of that but just man the way that ended seeing him get banged up again you got to think that people are going to be mindful of that going into the draft I wish him the best of luck he was a hell of a college player and I think we take people for him, like, granted, for at times in college athletics. But he was so fun to watch. And I think Washington fans are really going to truly miss that next year when Will Rogers is the person trying to replace that. That's going to suck for them. I'm not, I mean, he's just not Michael Penix. He's good, but he's not Michael Penix. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they cope with all of the change they're going to see next yeah. year. Yeah, they're going to see a bunch, uh, including going into the Big Ten. But before we get into that, you can't talk about Michigan. You can't talk about all this without Connor Stallions is the, the scandal, all that uh, bullshit. Yes. I, for me personally, like when it happened, it bothered me. It did. And, and it was, it was because of the way they went about it. You know, like I don't care about sign stealing. That's part of the game. When you got people going to the, on sidelines, yada, yada, yada. I don't get into that spy glasses and everything. That's the next level. But since that happened, dude, like they played their toughest, gauntlet of a schedule and they went unfazed like yeah. and, and so for me at the end of the day I don't have a problem like it sucks as part of it but I'm not ever going to hold that over them because when it came down to it and the meat of their schedule got they grinded through without any problems so I don't when I think of this Michigan team that's not going to be an asterisk this is a team that handled business was so resilient under pressure and I just hats off to them from my perspective how do you view it I won't think of them with an asterisk I will think of the scandal when I think of them, mm. but it's going to be like, oh, yeah. So that happened early in the year. And then when they couldn't do it, they won all the games that mattered. Right. Like, I was having a talk. So uh, the watch party I, I was at was majority Michigan fans. Mm. Um, so all my buddies were kind of like, yeah, but everyone does it. And I'm sitting there trying to find the right way to say, I think I think I've got more of a grip on it now. Um, where I, I also don't deeply care because I too think a lot of other programs have oh, done this yeah, in some do. way or done other things to, to bend the rules and cheat. Um, and I will call it cheating, but I'm not mad about it. Like I am annoyed. I wish they'd been caught sooner. I wish they'd never done it, but I'm not sitting over here thinking that they're like the one black sheep. Or no. something like no, no. So I don't hold it against them. I wasn't mad to see them win. I want I want to see the more entertaining team, in my opinion, win because I think that would have been a more entertaining game. Oh, absolutely. But like again, I'm not sitting here being like <clears throat> Michigan those right, freaking yeah. cheaters. Yeah. Like I like, think yeah. I think outside of Columbus, Ohio, most people are like us. You know, but if you go there, they're definitely like screw Michigan, burn it down. Like you know, that's as just, they should. As they should. And that that's, you know, part of the game that we love. Um, the other big fish in this is Jim Harbaugh. Like, like, so he started the scandal. 
everything was around it. He he was he handled it. He his punishments, everything. He missed six games, and that's that's what I like. I don't know how many teams out there, dude, can have their coach taken away for six games and just keep not miss a beat. I mean, he was still able to be around practices, right? Yeah. So like on game day, just have your trusted decision maker who's not you make the decision like that but I, it was I kind of a flex too with that week schedule where you have like two guys coaching in one game like that was funny that was kind of funny i i just i don't know i i, I think harbaugh knows how to run a good program so he's gonna have assistance he really trusts and I, I i didn't see it as a frankly i didn't see it as a good enough penalty to the man who let the cheating happen. i would agree with that like and get, let it get caught like something yeah and i feel like i need to say that because of what like my larger stance on right. the cheating is because like everyone like i think other people do it um so like if you're gonna penalize the guy who got caught make it a penalty yes like you're just digging yourself a deeper hole ncaa's like this is a big thing you're trying to make it a big thing and the penalty is oh you just can't be around on game day right yeah. You can't be in contact on game day. So we got to prep the team the whole week. You got to exactly. get a final message on Friday night. Or like, I, I don't know, man. So, so where do you right now, obviously if he does come back, there are going to be, there's got to be some sort of ramifications for everything that unfolded. You know, something's going to come down. I hope eventually they don't take this, this championship away. That's so stupid when they do that. You can't, you can't. It's no, dumb. I mean like they, they could, they could try and like Louisville basketball right. it. Who won that year? Who won March Madness that year? It was Louisville. Yeah, like like we all know it. You, it's it's done. Exactly. You're you're not gonna change or make anybody feel gonna, better. I'm not gonna get mad at a fan of a team that has a strip title, still counting it as one of our national. Hell champions. yeah, claim it. They still won, unless it is something like so egregiously cheating. Where right. like I know. I know deep in my soul you wouldn't have won it. Not like oh well this team could have or that team could have, but like. I know someone else absolutely would have won it. Right. And I have no doubt in my mind that Michigan would have been a playoff team without it. Oh, dude, yes. So, like, which means they would have had every chance to win two games and, and still be champ. Like, so, yeah. So, right now, I mean, I, I don't think he's coming back. I, I don't see any way he's coming back. Um, your initial thoughts as we sit right now recording this in the offseason, a few days out from the national championship, Harbaugh is he back or not in your opinion I think this man is tougher to read than Aaron Rodgers I would agree with that I think <laughs> that that's great actually. frankly if he had a bigger personality this would be more entertaining than yes. Aaron Rodgers um I I don't know what to make of him honestly do you, do you want to chime in well I, I think it's funny that you say that and, and most people don't know what to make of. We had Jake Butt, the former Michigan tight end on uh, 365 Sports on Tuesday afternoon, and he was talking about, like, I love the man, but I don't even know what the hell to make of him and what he's thinking. So if we can't figure it out from afar and people that, like, directly next to him don't have a clue, uh, yeah, that that's saying something. But I did this morning because, you know, he's – I think he's going to the NFL. Um but I found it interesting. I was listening to Dan Patrick's show this morning, and you had Ian Rappaport come on, and, and Dan asked him about it. Like, what, what does he see with Harbaugh? And he, he thinks he's going to the NFL as well. But, you know, he's, he's gone off, and he's interviewed with these teams while he's been at Michigan. And this I found interesting because Rappaport said a lot of the, the consensus coming out of the NFL camps and the teams that he's met with were when he went into the interview, he was like, okay, I'm Jim Harbaugh. What's my offer? Instead of actually interviewing. So – 
I don't know if maybe like he checks his ego or if maybe winning the national championship helps him flex that a little more, like go in and say, well, here's my resume and I have a natty on top of it. Come, I can build your, your franchise up. Yeah. I like, I think the natty gets him a job offer. Don't worry about the screen, Gary. Okay. Uh, for everyone out there, something random happened to it our It happened on Paul's show background. yesterday, too. Oh, I caused the thing on Paul's okay. show yesterday. Uh, this, I don't know what the heck is we'll happening. Anyway, back to Harbaugh. Um, my gut tells me he's gone because my gut tells me the national championship gets him an offer that he will actually take. Right. Um, but I also think you're right. Like, I think he does need to check his ego somewhat. I think that it's been proven time and time again, success at the college level does not mean success at the NFL. I know that like he'd been in the NFL before he, it's not like he hasn't done it. Right. But the game is always changing at both levels. And I would want him to take the interview more seriously than like, I'm a winner. I've done this before. It's like, you haven't done this in how long? I don't care if it's even just five years. You haven't been doing this for the last five years. The game keeps taking steps. I need you to show me you're going to take this seriously, that you understand that there is going to be a level of adaptation you need to make. That's a good point. And you're saying that, and I'm immediately kind of drawing comparisons to John Gruden, right? Like Because he, he was somebody who had that same kind of ego. I've been there. I've done that. Uh, and he was away from the game, granted, a, a lot longer than what Harbaugh has been NFL-wise. He's still in the game, obviously. But I think kind of that's a great point because if you look at how franchises dealt with that, like do you really want to risk bringing somebody in with that type of ego who hasn't been there? I, I think somebody will take a risk on him. Like, yes, I'm a Washington, someone will. I'm a Washington fan, NFL. Like they desperately need somebody to come in and establish culture. I would take Harbaugh in a heartbeat. Dude, I would in a heartbeat. Plus, put him right by his brother in Maryland. Like, dude, I would be a little rivalry. I am all for that. I would take that. But granted, he's the type of personality where it can work for a little bit, man. But you gotta be, you gotta know what you're getting into with him, and know that like I have a small window of sanity to work with. Yeah, yeah, I I think you're right. I would be interested to see what an owner who might be willing to absolutely like damn near guarantee him five years Mm -hmm. to like become a perennial playoff team. Right. Like say he succeeds at that. What what's next? Like is a super, does he have to win a super bowl within his first five, six years at a place? Like what Ah. is Harbaugh's expiration? Cause there are some coaches where you're just like, yeah, they could go and go and go because they they're at a franchise and they're not like an annoying personality where like, you don't have to win the Super Bowl. It would take a long time for people to get tired of you bringing a certain level of success without a ring. Right. I, I think Harbaugh is the opposite of that. I think he is one of those tougher to deal with personalities. The like you love him as long as you're having success, but like, do you trust him to go through peaks and valleys with you? Do you trust him to stick it out? And can you deal with him that whole time? Like kind of like Belichick right now. How they're in a sense, maybe. Um, I, w- I would say more like, um, <sighs> shoot, I'm struggling to come up with a good example right, right. now, but, but there's that, like, in my experience as a Packers fan, I was going to say McCarthy, like but. we're, we're sitting there. It's like, 
working for Jerry versus working for McCarthy or, or working for, for Tepper where like you, you think if you rule, you yeah. think, Oh, he's yeah. going to give me time to build this. But the set, like you're not showing enough improvement for him. You're out. Yeah. Not a great example because rule had a very bad 10 years in North <laughs> Carolina, but like Packers coaches get a long leash. Yeah. Granted, we've had good quarterbacks and we haven't been struggling for wins all that many years, but like, you're not necessarily crazy worried about one bad year is going to turn the owner against you. Right. But that's also because guys like McCarthy and now LaFleur, they're not tough personalities to like or get along with or work with. Like there's stuff that came out towards the end with McCarthy. Mm. That was a little questionable, but I don't think a lot of that was very true. I think a lot of it was dramatized. I think a lot of it was played up. Oh, I'm sure to get him out. Yeah. So like my, my point being is like, I don't think Harbaugh's in that mold. I don't think he's easy to get along with. And I don't necessarily think he's going to give him, like, I don't think he cares too much for what owner, like, what kind of ownership style he gets paired up with so long as they don't make him interview. Right, yeah, yeah. So, like, he could go to a Tepper who, like, could randomly just be like, Dude, that would this be is not good enough. Absolutely insane. After, like, three years. So, I, that that's my take on the Harbaugh situation is, like, it's, it's highly variable, but I think he's going to land an NFL yeah. job this year. It, the f- beyond that, what happens, I think really is just going to be about the relationship and like what, what style of GM ownership structure right. and personalities they have. Uh, last thing I have for this, I'll, I, and we can kind of end it with this unless you have something else, but this is once, once the championship settled, this was the end of the 14 playoff and we can, we can have a full show and, and dive deep into this later on. Oh, but I thought, I thought you were going to go towards big 10 boy, about the new big 10. Yeah. Oh how, yeah, how it was a conference game it, for it, some purposes. Okay, it was, um, and I love this. Like, I think that this has an opportunity. When you look at this, that could, that's one of those where you could see this kind of molding into a rivalry eventually. Now, granted, both programs are going to look significantly different, and that's just kind of that could be recency bias off of one game. Yeah. But I think if and I'm not a big and I hate how that I'm even about to say this, but it's something that's people. I've noticed the trend is ratings are starting to become a damn thing. And, and, and people are what starting do you mean by that? TV ratings on these matchups. You're starting to see more and more as Michigan has played and their numbers they've put up. And you're seeing these big matchups. I see more of the narrative starting to shift of you're getting these TV numbers and we're using this to justify these bigger conferences and these matchups. And I understand that. And it's going to be fun. But at the same time, I think we got to be careful with that. But in general, um, the new Big Ten is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a great matchup going forward. Now, I don't know if this is going to be the best thing for college football in general, how long this is going to last, but I'm excited for what it's going to become. Um, this next chapter, I don't, but your overall takeaways on the new look Big Ten and what to expect from these type of matchups year in and year out. Um, I mean, just thinking about the new look Big Ten, the, the number one thing that always pops in my head is what toll is that travel going to take? Yep. What, like, how are we as fans going to notice it, if at all? Like, we're going to see three years down the line from here, like maybe even into year two or towards the end of year one, we'll start seeing graphics on on broadcasts of the records of, well, these these West Coast teams, when they have to travel, when they're the away team, they've got this terrible record. Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, like, you know, they, they get a little cherry-picky, but this is a stat I'd really be interested to see is, how do those teams fare against ranked teams that they have to visit? 
True. in conference. Like, because who cares if you go and kick Rutgers's ass? But if you have if to go into the horseshoe, yeah. If you're, if you're going, if you're going to Happy Valley, if you're going to the shoe, if you're going to the big house, if you're hell, if you're going into Kinnick, yeah. like games like that, games like games like Kinnick, or maybe if um, if Wisconsin gets going, or whatever random other team seems to be popping off and having mm. a decent year. If if they're performing well against the West Coast schools they have to face when they get to host them versus when they have to go visit them, like I, I think that's something to pay attention to. Um as far as what you were getting at with the brands and the viewership and all that, mm. I'm still and it's a more general point, but like I I don't under, I understand why, but like I don't think you're being a very good steward of your own product when you're not trying to help build brands up. Exactly. Instead of just constantly bringing in bigger brands and kicking out smaller ones. Um, I don't think it does anything good for you long term. Right. So, like, allowing a a Minnesota to rebuild their brand of what they used to be back in the, like the, what was the forties. Um, or no, Nebraska's doing a good job of that right now. They're trying to do Nebraska is recent enough where, where they're getting the help of the right. networks. But I, I, I'm looking at like, could a new powerhouse ever truly come about? Man, I, I don't think so. I, I, well, okay. No, I don't think a new powerhouse can come about. What I think can happen and what Ole Miss is trying to do right now is I think you can have people I would consider try Ole Miss to buy a, a one season. I wouldn't call Ole Miss a powerhouse. You've got to buy that first season, I think. Yeah, but I, I don't think that. No, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're not a powerhouse right now. I think if they go out and they buy a first. You think all, that's going to trickle? Okay, okay, okay. I get it, it, go, it goes from like the door damn near being shut to like. Like basically, the doors open a crack, and that first season of is is all the brands trying to pull it fully closed. If you can get your foot in there with the championship or a really good run that makes people think you can you can win one, and that there could be something sustainable there, that like I think that's what has to happen. But how many people are how many programs are going to be willing to spend that money like that to See, do it? Like I I think A and M's found a way to be a power without being a power. I think Ole Miss is trying yeah. to do more than that and do it quicker. And it, I don't see anyone in the Big Ten doing that, which interests me, both on a specific level to that conference, because I think someone will eventually do, and I wonder who it'll be. But then at the same time, like, do they need it? SEC schools all want it. Right. But I think someone needs to do it in the Big Ten to show that they're as viable as a conference top to bottom as the SEC likes to say they are. Well, I mean, I think they have an opportunity. I really think Nebraska's on the trajectory to do that. I think if you, if you, once you bring in USC, if they could finally establish themselves or rekindle, they are in such dysfunction, though. I hate to even use them as an example. I, I think there are people in the Big Ten trying. I don't necessarily know that anybody can emerge as a new powerhouse. What I think is going to happen is I think you're going to see a bunch of one offs. Of, of teams who buy it for one season. But, dude, what, what I've learned most about really this year and le- kind of going back to last year as well with this playoff is as the four-team ends and the 12-team begins, it's going to be so much more difficult for teams to win a national championship. Like, you're going to have to bulk up and have depth to really work. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to see any powerhouses. I think you're going to see 
sporadic teams year in and year out get hot and make a run. I don't know that you're going to see any. I think it's going to be great, but I don't necessarily think that we're in a position right now where we're going to see anybody be able to sustain success the way we've seen in the past. I I just think that's gone. Yeah, which I I think is great for the sport. I think the parity, yes. I think my my bigger point about the Big Ten is that, like, so in the SEC, when you think of powers, you've got Alabama, LSU, uh, Georgia, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida. Am you I count mi- Texas and Oklahoma now? And like, now you count Texas I, and Oklahoma. Yes, I think you should for this argument. Right. Because look at the Big Ten. They're already one short on that. Yeah. You've got your three Big Ten schools right, right. and three of the four Pac-12 schools that are coming. I would say those are your top six brands. Right? Yes, yes. So you're already one short of the SEC. And the SEC has A&M and Ole Miss who are looking like they're trying to buy their way into that door. Correct. I think that along my my argument of you need to build up brands from what you already have instead of worrying about bringing them in. Yeah. I think that the Big Ten is looking at the ACC, worried about bringing more in when they need to find a way to build up a brand that they have. They need to make, they need Wisconsin to get back. Well, they need Nebraska was- to get back. But neither of those programs look viable right now, so they should be jumping at the chance for any program that's showing willingness to. Well, I think Wisconsin and Nebraska are showing willingness, but they're they're still a ways I think, off. I think that the help is limited to those two. I what I'm trying to say okay. is I do not think okay. I don't I, I do not think from. the media apparatus around the Big Ten is ready to embrace no, anyone yes. else who's okay. trying. Okay. I, I think the you. media apparatus around the SEC is absolutely ready to embrace Everybody, yeah. any single any single school yeah. that really decides all of a sudden they flip a switch one day and right. we're like, no, we're gonna make this happen. Yeah. Now, whether or not they actually can, that's a whole different ball game. But the SEC will embrace them. I honestly do not think the Big Ten will embrace Indiana, like look at Purdue, Purdue or an Indiana yeah. trying, okay. like absolutely, actually trying. No, I be can, like, yeah, hell yeah, Aw, I get where you're coming from. That's cute. Yeah. And yeah, I know, I know, fans of all the big brands of the SEC will look at Ole Miss and A and M and be like, "Aw, that's cute." <laughs> but when it when it gets down to the until to, they beat you, when when it gets down to it, like. They will be celebrated for making the conference better. I don't – that's an interesting thing I think the Big Ten needs to worry about, and I think it's something that as they bring in these new schools, they need to make sure that they don't let the Michigans and Ohio States do, frankly, what I feel like they've already done to Penn State a certain amount, which is like really make, yeah. purposely relegate them to, like, you're a power, but you're a second-tier power. Right, this yeah. is you're our not show. Us. Like, that is something I really don't think Bama and Georgia do. I think they go out of their way – to prop up the more mediocre teams in the conference because they know it's going to make them look better yep. at the end of the day. And they're not going to win every time, but it's going to help them in the long run. I think the SEC is a much better long-term vision than the Big Ten. Um, and I, I know the the heart of this conversation was the Big Ten. Right. Um, but, like, I, 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 I mean, I, there's a super two. So <laughs> I, I just want to point that out yeah. is I, I think there's a better long-term plan, vision, and action out of the right. SEC. Um, which is something I think the Big Ten really, really needs to refocus on as they kind of hit this marker of this is a new era of the Big Ten because you're bringing in Washington. Yeah. After you just had two teams in the title game, a.k.a. don't put Washington down because they lost to Michigan and Build you're worried about up. building, keeping Michigan at the top. Yeah. Build them up. Build Washington up. Build yeah. them up. No, I agree. I agree with you, man. Uh, that's going to do it for today, man. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Make sure you go back, hit like, and subscribe. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts as we continue to grow this channel. Uh, we'll be back with next week with some more uh, stories and other things to get into with you. Uh, but for Jack, I'm Garrett. This has been the College Chaos Podcast.